What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H podcast. Today, we are starting our division previews, starting with my favorite division, the Atlantic Division, the division that homes the Celtics. Guys, Steve, Jake, myself, like I said, we're ready to break down the start of our division preview. Started with my favorite. Jake and Steve, where does the Atlantic Division rank for you guys among favorites? Fifth or sixth? Well, I, I said it before. The reason okay, is I have nothing personally against these teams. I think it's the most straightforward one. I think it's the least interesting probably of the six divisions. Um, and that's why. Like, I don't have anything against these teams. I'll be honest. I don't love a lot of them. I don't really ever find myself rooting for Philly or the Knicks. The Celtics, I tried to become Stevie Boston last year. They ripped my heart out. I'll still give them another chance because, <laughs> you know, Dunny's an all right guy, and Jalen Brown is one of my favorite basketball players to watch. But, uh, like, in terms of, like, overall division, and Pascal Siakam, most underrated player in basketball, he's in this division too. Got to give him his flowers. But overall, I think it's like five or six for me. Like like the Atlantic, I, I just think it's going to be straightforward. I think today we're going to go through the Atlantic and we're going to agree on a lot of teams where I think going forward, the weeks going forward, we're going to see a lot more, you know, I guess, argue, not argumentative points, but just, you know, differentiating on different teams than just the teams in the Atlantic. So I look at right now and not much has changed from last year with these five teams, couple pieces here and there. But I look at the standings and I go, I could I could see one through five being in the exact same order as it was last season. My uh, read on the Atlantic uh, favorite. I mean, what are we talking about? Favorite like the teams I like. Do I enjoy watching them? Enjoying watching them. The only team I like watching out of this is the Celtics and OG and an OB. Uh, the rest of these teams, I can't stand the Knicks. I can't stand the Sixers. <laughs> My fam, my dad was a Nets fan. He's given up on the Nets now, understandably. Brooklyn run, not been so great. New Jersey Nets. So I don't really like any of these teams. So yeah, I feel like I'm more with you, Steve. The Southeast would be my last. The Southeast is always the least interesting. It's getting interesting we'll, this year. We'll say, we'll say four. We'll say four. I'll put them ahead of the ahead of the, the uh, Northwest as well, even if uh, our guy Jokic is in there. Because I'm really not watching a lot of Northwest division basketball a lot but maybe the thunder i don't know see this is why it's hard because i love like weird teams i love all these weird teams the lake the pacific it would have been a long time a while ago and then lebron joined the lakers and that just flipped it on its head so sorry Dunny. yeah it's really the other team's fault though mostly the knicks if i'm being honest it's absolutely the other teams. Celtics the only thing keeping this division from the basement. <laughs> yeah, it'd, yeah, it'd be last. It's the only team I like to watch from this division. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. And I can agree with that. The, you know, I I do call this division my favorite strictly because the Celtics are in it. But that's neither here nor there. We will be previewing this division first. We got some news and notes to take care of. Not much this week. Um, mostly two signings, and they happened both last night. If you're listening to this live, it is Wednesday. If you're afterwards, if you're listening to this afterwards, this happened Tuesday nights. The signings we're speaking of, but Christian Wood signs a two year deal with the Lakers. It seems like when we saw this bit of news, it was, it was kind of like finally, 
someone signed this guy. It, it was a little weird that, or at least in my opinion, that Christian Wood had been signed all summer. Um, then finally inks a deal with the Lakers, which, I mean, the Lakers did it again. It seems like they have, they have another nice signing. You can't really poke fun at the Lakers as much as you could this time last year. They seem to be doing the right things this summer. Um, what did you guys think of the Christian Wood deal for the for the Lakers? I mean, I'll keep it short and sweet. You know, my thoughts on Christian Wood, he was an absolute disaster in Dallas. Mm. And he's someone that I felt was not not a very efficient player, but also a lazy player. So maybe a change of scenery can help him. But it just felt like as, you know, when Dallas had their struggles, it was like Wood didn't want to step up. And when they got him, they brought him in to be a guy who was supposed to be one of those guys to step up to help take a little bit of weight off of Lucas back. And it was kind of the opposite. When things were going right, Christian Wood looked like a great basketball player, kind of what we saw, you know, flashes of in, in Houston. But it's just I don't know if Christian Wood has has that dog in him. If I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't I don't oh, know dog. this type of guy is someone who's really gonna step up when things are are bad or is someone you can need. So I, the signing's fine to me, Dunny. But I, I think Wood is like a ten to fifteen minutes off the bench player for the Lakers. He's just mm-hmm. like he's just a name at this point. I think he has a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but I also think he's a lazy player who's just not willing to get better. I, yeah, I was going to flame Christian Wood too. So that, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement. The Lakers got him because he wanted to live in LA. That's the reason more than anything. You know? Yeah. But he's going to have, he's going to have some nice moments too. Don't get me wrong. Like he, especially with playing with LeBron, like there's going to be some games where Christian Wood looks and AD to be like, his life is going to be easier than it's ever been next to those two. And there's going to be some games where he, I don't know, puts up like 28, shoots five of eight from three, and everybody's like, oh, man, can't wait to see Christian with this lineup unlocked in the playoffs. <laughs> but when Steve said he has no dog, that's, that's the fullest truth. So it's nice. It's honestly, it's a smart signing in that fact, though, that it's going to help uh, the scoring load for AD and LeBron during the regular season so those guys can kind of have more rest for the playoffs. I feel like that's the biggest benefit. Yeah, I mean, that, that totally makes sense. It's probably more a depth piece than anything for the Lakers, but it seems it, it was a win-win because I think, I think you're right, Jeff. Oh, yeah. We'll probably see some of Christian Wood's best basketball just because of the guys he's playing next to um, and the, you know, the lack of pressure he's probably going to feel. Like, That's the last true. Couple and it's years, also like uh... – it's like an opportunity cost thing too, because the Mavs trade right. the one for him, right? Like the Rockets yeah. paid him big money. The Lakers are they're getting what if they get any kind of thing, anything close to like the level that we know he could play, it's a win. You're right. Yeah, so that that's why I think it's a good get for them. It seems low risk, high reward. Christian Wood, low pressure on his part, gets to play alongside a couple of the greats. Um, so we'll see with Christian Wood. It, it is telling that it, it took until, you know, the beginning of September for someone to sign him. So that could just be the writing on the wall there. And maybe Christian Wood repeats and he's has another disappointing season. But that is TBD. The other signing from yesterday, Danny Green signs a one-year deal with the 76ers. Very underwhelming signing you figured danny green would end up on a a team at some point 
This is more news to me because of the James Harden situation and maybe mm-hmm. obviously not even close to the same caliber of player have you, at this uh, point. Have you seen the James Harden rumblings coming out the last couple of days? Ramona Shelburne, I know, had one. I think there was I think there was two of them I saw. There was one that not. was they weren't that from Adam Silver that Harden was upset when he wasn't named to the all-star team and he was supposed to be on the reserve team. Didn't respond to Silver for multiple days. So that's why Pascal got named a reserve. And Harden apparently wanted to join the All-Star festivities. But was like shunned out because he was pouting was the exact word. He was pouting about not making it. And then the other one was that Rivers and players felt some type of way about him flying ahead without the team early to go enjoy Miami nightlife, as they said, before a game there without the team. Which I said is not uncommon for players in the NBA, but the players right. and staff did not take too kindly to it. And with a man of, you know, what we know about James Harden, I could see why that might irk them at uh, at some point during the season. So I agree with you, Dunny. I think that that seems to be some uh, some preparation for the 76ers. Yeah, and, and not like that's an answer of, you know, filling the void that James Harden might leave if he is gone, but... It does seem like a move, like, all right, let's bring in a veteran. Let's bring in a guy who can shoot, a guy who's played this position over the years. Um, I don't know. It seemed a, a little weird otherwise. It almost seems like a move they maybe should have made last offseason because, it's, you know, if they if they had known that that was going to be their last shot with this, with this core, they might have done something like this last year. But, yeah, it just um, – this move to me just seems – almost confirming that things are still not great in Philly between Harden and the organization. Jake, everything you just said confirmed that. I mean, if those things are true and, you know, even your second point about him flying out before, before the team and trying to do his own thing. And that might be common practice, but kind of what I was just saying a minute ago, like the Sixers had, championship aspirations last year and whether they knew that that window was as small as it's going to be who knows but you know if they're upset that Harden was doing that it's 10x that probably because they had a championship in, in mind Harden was speaking as if that was what was on his mind too um you can really never consider that that's what's on James Harden's mind because We've just never really seen the focus or drive to be able to get to that next level as a player. So we'll see, man. I think, like I said, not that interesting on paper. Danny Green signs, okay. But maybe reading a little in between the lines here with the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see. They're the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, The (laughs) only other thing before we go on to the division preview is it's Friday, I think. Team USA in the semifinal against Germany. Did you yes. also did you see Dennis Schroeder's illustrious performance he put up for Germany? Four for twenty six today. Uh, just <laughs> no. the shooter shoot mentality. But they won in a win, in a win. So it didn't hurt the team. They they held them up afterwards. And then Canada will face Serbia. Uh, so that'll be a very interesting potential Team USA Canada matchup Sunday. Just uh, I haven't been able to watch a lot of those games. They're they're early, right? Right as I'm starting work during the day, like can't really get to it. But it, that's a that's a fun semifinal coming up. Just wanted to note that before we go on. Yeah, for sure. No team says uh, looks good for the most part, and that should uh, should be fun to continue watching FIBA. I've enjoyed it. 
It's a nice little it's a nice little get me ready for the NBA season. Definitely. Oh yeah. All right, you guys. All right, let's get ready. Yeah, Still let's get into these division previews. Starting with the Boston Celtics. Of course. <laughs> win total, a whopping win total of 54 and a half wins. What do you what are you guys feeling for this for this total? I think you guys know where my answer is at, so I'll see you guys yeah. first. I wonder, I wonder where Donnie's gonna go with this. Uh I'm going despite Stevie Boston being as dead as dead and the Celtics ripping my heart out last uh playoffs as as the Celtics playoff guy. Let's just get that on the record, Donnie. We we knew who was the Celtics playoff guy last year. <laughs> um I'm, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I, I'm not going to buy all in again like I did in the Celtics last year, but I do I do like the Celtics quite a bit. I think uh, the Kristaps Porzingis is a very, very, very underrated uh, acquisition. Kristaps Porzingis was fantastic. He just happened to play uh, basketball on the Washington Wizards last year. And if you don't know who the Washington Wizards are, it's because they're the team no one cares about in the NBA. They're not bad enough that people care about them, and they're not good enough where people care about them. They're just kind of there, and they've been there for it feels like five, ten years now. Porzingis had a phenomenal season there, uh, arguably the best season of his career, and he brought the Celtics kind of what they needed as a big man who can also stretch the floor a little bit. We talked about, you know, Part of the issues for the Celtics while they came up short last year was, A, you had, you know, Al Horford or Bob Williams in there. And Al Horford, you know, he was a little inconsistent. He's getting old. We love Big Al. But he's getting old, a little inconsistent. Then you have Rob Williams, who's there for the defense. But he's kind of hurts you offensively. Porzingis now gives you flexibility, right, where Porzingis can play good defense. He can play great offense. He can stretch the floor. He could get 15 rebounds a night if he wanted. And he's also seven foot three, which helps sometimes a little bit when you have a guy like that. Um, I know we talked about this, too. I know the Celtics are going to miss Marcus Smart not having him. But if we, you know, take all the Celtics, you know, fandom aside and how much they loved Marcus Smart. If I look at what this team probably needed more, another guard, you know, who plays defense like Marcus Smart, inconsistent outside shooter, or a big man like Porzingis, I kind of lean more towards Porzingis. I think he's going to help the team more overall. And it kind of allows, too, if the Celtics want to play big, Tatum can play the three, Brown can play the two. And I think that's huge where we saw a lot of times last year it was tough for the Celtics to play big because you really couldn't do that. It just kind of felt awkward. They weren't as athletic on the floor as they could be, didn't run as much. I think this kind of gives them a lot more roster flexibility, a lot more flexibility, play big, play small in games because you want to play small. Porzingis can be your five. He can be your five because he can still kind of play like that hybrid big. Even though he's 7'3", he's still going to shoot threes. He's still going to, you know, make defenders, you know, guard him, stretch the floor. And he's, you know, fast enough, quick enough to get down the court. So I love the addition. I think the Celtics go over 54 and a half wins. Um, I think it's more the same from the Celtics, right? They're a good team, well-coached team, balanced team. There's games they're going to win by 45. There's going to be games where they shoot three of 30 from three, and you're just going to have to accept it. But overall, this is a team where I think Dunny, and I'm, I'm not saying this because you're on the pod, but I think this is a team where, once again, the expectations should be we want to win an NBA Finals. And mm -hmm. I think that's the roster you still have here. When you have the two J's and you add a guy like Porzingis, it, you got to have finals or, you know, disappointment, I guess, as your season expectations. 
agree. Jake, what do you got for the green team? If we're just we're talking finals expectations, yeah, they should they're gonna be one of the finals favorites for sure. But I'm taking the under on all of these hot tie teams because if Dame gets traded to the Heat, we have the Celtics, Heat, Bucks, and I think the Cavs are gonna be a really good regular season team, better, probably better than they were last year. I don't think there's it's gonna be really hard for one of those teams to stay at 55, 56 wins. So I think a lot of them, 54 and a half is this number, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a tough number for me. Like I feel like it's right dead on because this should be a 55 win team but if the east is any bit better at the top like and it's competitive and the heat i think are the big team i'm looking for taking a big chunk of that but the Cavs could be there i'm higher on the knicks i think than both of you guys are so they could be a team that if they win 50 games all of a sudden a regular season team that's the only reason i'm taking the under but everything you said about the celtics and that i think they're a better overall team like the Porzingis edition and what that's going to do changing it up with getting rid of smart. Even if it's a big, like it's a big change. I feel like it's beneficial for the team chemistry in the long run, putting Tatum just in that lead finally in his alpha role where he can be. I think it's all going to be good. I just think the East is going to be a fucking war zone. I'm taking unders on a lot of those on, on probably the bucks and probably the heat too. Just, or I don't know what the heat number is. I haven't looked at it yet, but probably we'll take it on the bucks and, it's going to be my trend uh, is the tie team to take the unders because I just think the East is going to be. Celtics had what? 57 wins last year. It was 57 last year. Just above this number. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So surprisingly, the non-surprising part is that I took the over on this win total. The surprising part is that this was actually the most difficult for me to choose um, out of all these teams because I think, you know, Jake did a good job of laying it out there. They did eclipse this number last year. Um, I think if you watched them the last couple months of the season, you wouldn't have guessed that it was a 57-win team. Still probably over that 50 mark, but they, if we're not forgetting, they didn't lose a game in November last year. So they started the season about as hot as you could start came down to earth a little bit and then didn't finish the season all that all that great. Um, I do think they're going to be an improved team. I do think that they will pass this number again, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But I do think, you know, it, for any team, it's difficult to get in the mid-50s for wins. I think Jake's right that the East is going to be a little more competitive. You have all these teams where you're like, oh, those, those teams could also be in the mid-50s. Or those, you know, is – is a is this Bucks team gonna show up again and maybe maybe they're punching around sixty wins again as a squad? Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a little more difficult this year for the Celtics. I do think they get it done. I think Porzingis gives them a little bit higher of a ceiling than Smart did, and I think Steve was alluding to that. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with Steve. I'm going over on wins here. Um, I, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a 60-win team, but I also wouldn't be surprised if this team, you know, won 52 games or something like that, and right. they're still yeah. top three in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take 50-plus wins in, in any way, shape, or form for this team, and I think uh, I, I think that's a doable margin. Word. Let's do – all right, 15 seconds each I want for this one. That's what I, I meant to put that in the thing. I didn't bring it up. For the best-case and worst-case scenario – I just want okay. like a quick like if give me each each give for all these teams that we do this 
Like if you have to break down what happened in their season under 20 seconds to somebody, they're like, oh, what happened to the, what was good with the 2023 Celtics? And you have to break it down, give what the best case thing is going to be, which for the Celtics is going to be obvious, but all these teams, it won't be obvious. That's why we can get creative with what we think it and worst case get and get and get, get a little, add some flair to it. See, you know, see what, see what you come up with. So, uh, I'll go first if you guys want. The best case scenario for the Boston Celtics is clearly everything that I said is wrong. Jason Tatum is clearly the number one wing on that list that we were talking about last week. He's MVP. Jalen Brown is flirting with all NBA first team, but the voters suck and they only give him second team just because they're like, well, we can't put two Celtics on there, blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. Celtics win like 63 games, walk through the first two rounds play the heat in the conference finals, win in five, and then they face off with the Nuggets, have a nice series, but end up winning in six on their home floor. I think that's best case. Worst case scenario, Jalen Brown asked for a trade in, in like in January, and this team, who knows what it looks like after that. Those are the, those, that's the in-between. Absolute worst case scenario, I think, is still the Jalen Brown. He got the deal, but I still feel like the clock is – the doomsday clock went down a lot, but – those rumors are going to kick up at any point because that's what people love to do. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm similar. Best case scenario, Celtics win the NBA finals, right? This is what they've been trying to do for three, four years. Best case scenario, they win the NBA finals. And the reason they win it is Porzingis plays like he did in Washington and basically becomes the third part of that big three with Tatum, Brown, and Porzingis, where it's like any night one of these guys could go off for 30 points and 12-plus rebounds. Worst case scenario, you kind of alluded to it, Jake. I'm kind of in the same boat. It may not just be Jalen Brown, but the Celtics realize, like, we got to we gotta switch up the team. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. They'd need a catastrophe no. to miss the playoffs with this team. But I could see a first or even a second round exit where they're like, you know what, Jason Tatum's our future. We got to build around him, and let's see what we can get. And at that point, outside of Tatum, anyone's able to get traded. As much as I love Jalen Brown, I think that would be obviously the biggest return they would get. And if it's another disappointing season where they fall short and, and it's an early round exit, I think worst case scenario is we could see something like Jalen Brown get traded or, you know, or obviously dropped in. Maybe they're like Porzingis one year, didn't work. Let's try to find another team form, something like that. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think it's finals or it's another, you know, fall short in the playoffs and tr trade everyone. Dunny. All right. Well, you got some time I, to I just, <laughs> I just knocked on wood while you guys were talking and I'm going to do <laughs> That's, I'm, that's I'm, why I loved it. We start with that. We start with the fire and then it's like, oh, but. You never know. And I'm going to uh, knock on wood one more time before I say my worst case. My best case is obviously the same as you guys. You know, this team is dominant. They clear that 55 win mark, go to the NBA championship, and they beat specifically a team like Denver, Phoenix, or Golden State would taste the best just because of, of the revenge pie. But I also, you know, I've, I think best case has to be where they beat someone that guys like Stephen A. Smith or other, you know, TV personalities can't try to downplay their title like Nick Wright might try to do if they if they beat a lesser <laughs> if they beat a lesser team in the NBA finals. So specifically a juggernaut team from the West is who they beat when they win the NBA championship. And that would be best case scenario. 
Worst case, and I will knock on wood again. Worst case, they miss the playoffs. Porzingis gets injured very early on. Basically, the trio of their bigs, it, it's doomsday for them. Horford, we finally see that regression at age 37, 38. Porzingis gets hurt very early, and Rob Williams can't stay healthy yet another season. And this team could be in big trouble if all three of those things happen at the same time. Worst case scenario, I think the Celtics just miss the playoffs if they aren't able to have all three of those bigs in rotation. Yeah, I think a lot would have to go wrong for the Celtics to miss the playoffs. Yes. A lot. Yes. <laughs> a lot, yes. And Hopefully that, I just reversed even, even if the worst case scenario happened, I feel like they'd still be like they'd squeak out. seven seeds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Out. It doesn't matter. Those, those things aren't going to happen, Donnie. We just got to, you know, we're giving the people the, everything, every option, and going from there. And you got the Celtics out of the way. Now we get yes. to make fun of all. Now you get to make fun of the twenty nine other teams that think of their worst case scenario. So just think about that. And my worst case scenario for the Cavs is gonna. I'm gonna have fun because I'm a little bit of a masochist and also kind of <laughs> want this. And part of me wants this team to have a horrible downfall because I don't think the best case scenario is as good as your best case scenario. But we'll get to that with everybody else. We got what do we have here? MVP. I think we can all agree on right. Oh, for the Celtics, yeah, Tatum. Yes. Yes. No, not for the league. I mean, we could. That's, that's a whole other conversation. Most likely to be traded, though, Dunny. I'm start. I want to. I want to hear from you first. I think it's got to be Brogdon, um, and it's just because of his name being in the rumors this summer. So that already tells us that Brad was fine with getting rid of him if the price was right, and then also, you know, what he's feeling, and Brad's probably thinking about that too. Brogdon knows that he was supposed to be the one in that deal to get Porzingis, but the third team fell through. He was supposed to go to the Clippers. That wasn't – that just didn't end up amounting to anything, and I, I just think it's an easy one. I think there's there's still a market out there for Brogdon. I think he f- may feel slighted, and if those emotions or feelings come up at all, um, Brad may have no choice but to trade him. So I think Brogdon's uh, most likely to be traded here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm right with you, Donnie. You said it perfectly. I think that's the most logical choice. That's the Celtics. Yeah, Overall, I think we're we're pretty – oh, Brogdon. Yeah, it's Brogdon. Overall, yeah. though, I think the Celtics – we're all pretty high on. We still even yeah. even me saying under is just me thinking that the top of the East just won't get like maybe I honestly think if the Celtics there's gonna be like a race to 55 wins. So 54 and a half is really hard for me to pick any of those teams. And the thing you mentioned about the Bucks is with Tatum, if I have to pick between one of those guys that can carry a team to 60 wins, I'm gonna lean Giannis. But I don't think either of them can do it. I think the Bucks have yeah. a whole host of other problems they have to deal with beyond Giannis. Uh, we'll get to that in their preview, but. Let's go on to a team that has a lot more problems than both those teams. Yes. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers. This win total is crazy, especially with what's going on, <laughs> um, in my opinion. Over-under for wins for the Philadelphia 76ers is set at 49 and a half. 
I just alluded to it. I'm smashing the under here. A lot of that has to do with what's going on with James Harden. It just seems like the ugliest situation the franchise and organization could possibly be in. I, you know, we don't know if they're getting any sort of return on James Harden. We don't know what capacity he's going to be there. If if he is going to be there, is he going to be fat James Harden? <laughs> it just it's way too many question marks. They're signing Danny Green out of desperation. If a team is signing Danny Green out of desperation, doesn't have James Harden to start the year or at all, and p- probably an upset Embiid. I I do not think you know if we're if I'm on the fence about the Celtics, who I think have a far better roster, getting to 55 wins. I don't think I can justify. The 76ers get into 50 wins. I don't see this happening for failure this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the under as well. I think, uh, you know, we saw this team last year kind of do what I thought was kind of the ceiling for Philadelphia, where they gave the Celtics a war of a playoff series. Joel Embiid played like an MVP, won the MVP, and was the second best pl- or was the best player in basketball in the second half of the regular season. And it still came up short. It's They still had their own problems. Now we're going to an offseason with even more issues. I don't even know what, if Harden's going to be there. And even if he is, what Harden are we even going to see? You know I'm mm-hmm. down on James Harden. You know I'm down on this team as a whole. And not to mention, too, guys are getting older. Tobias Harris is now 31 years old. You have You have James Harden, who's now 34 years old, even if he's there. Obviously, you have Embiid and Maxi, and that's your core. But they didn't really get better in the offseason either. Who'd they add? Pat Beverly and Mo Bamba. I love Mo Bamba in 2K. He's not that great in, in real life. And Pat Bev, he's got a great podcast, great personality, but I don't think he's helping this team. Then you had Danny Green. I just I look at this team. There's nothing that really excites me. The only thing that really does excite me is I think we might be able to see Tyrese Maxey really have a big, big year if Harden is traded no longer there or if like they're like we got to get what we can get or Harden's just checked out mentally we could see that but other than this man I'm, I'm taking the under with philly i think they're one of the more disappointing teams this season and it's one of those you know where we could see Embiid have 38 and 16 rebounds right and they lose by 15 that that's kind yeah. of the season i look at philly this year yeah <laughs> that says it all, man. <laughs> they're they're not winning fifty games. No, they no. won fifty four no. last year. They're they're not winning fifty. Like James Harden, if I'll skip ahead the most likely to be traded because I was hoping he'd be traded before this podcast before <laughs> we did these previews. He's the most likely to be traded, obviously. Right. But following him, if he gets traded, it's Joel Embiid. And if Joel Embiid gets traded in the middle of this this season, which I think he requests a trade, there's been all, so many rumblings this summer about Embiid potentially asking for a trade that I feel like it's closer than we think. And maybe he'll mm-hmm. stick it out if they trade Harden. But what is their answer? They, like there's yeah. like you were going through, Steve. That's not a that's not a championship roster. No, no way is that a championship no. roster. And Embiid is turning 30 this year. He's a big man turning I 30. I feel like he knows that too. And uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like his team is way closer to blowing it up right now than they're going to be Agreed. to winning 50 games. So yeah, just just rip the under because they're not in a spot that you should believe in them. This is a pretty easy one too, right? The MVP of this team, Joel Embiid. <laughs> the, yeah. man who, the man who won MVP last year is still the MVP. 
I, like I said, I want to give honorable mention to Tyrese Maxey because I think if, if they do blow it up, if they trade hard and stuff, this is where Tyrese Maxey could ball out and really show the type of player he is. Um, but, yeah, I I, uh, I I think it's obvious. I think the Sixers are very obvious this year. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm with you. It just, it really seems like it's going to be a repeated version of, like, if we knew it was going to happen last year, like, obviously the record and the way they finished the the year, they seemed like much more of a, a juggernaut than they were. But if we knew the result of last year, it'd be pretty easy for us to say it's probably going to look very similar, just with less wins and maybe looking a little less impressive, like, Embiid will probably be in the MVP conversation again. We're probably going to say, wow, Philly really needs to get this guy some help. We're probably really going to like Maxi still. And that's going to be about it, man. Yep, yep. <laughs> and Nick Nurse, just a, a big question mark, kind of like Doc was, but in different ways. So, All right, we'll so this is the Philly. fun one then. I'll start. Yeah, yeah, Best case or worst case scenarios. So best case scenario for the Philadelphia 76ers, they, I don't even know, like Joel has to stay, James Harden, the trade package is just obscene, like they get like two first round picks for some reason from the Clippers, I don't, I don't even think that's actually possible, I think the best case scenario is James Harden comes back and somehow refines his form, but also that Tyrese Maxey really takes a step to a point where we're like, that dude could potentially be one of the best guards in the league maybe next year, maybe the year after, because that's what they need. They need him to take a level. But they're still, best case, I feel like a conference finalist and then get smacked by one of these better teams. Worst case, we've already laid out. Worst case scenario is Harden asks for a trade right before training camp, or he shows up, fat Harden, a lot of Chick-fil-A, a lot of cheesesteaks, gets traded to L.A., they get a terrible trade package, Embiid's unhappy, we hear he's unhappy, and they have to trade him to the Knicks and then watch him go, uh, win 55 games in New York and oh. beat them all the time. And they've got Tyrese Maxey, though. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, though. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of spelled it out. Wor- worst case scenario, I'll start first with worst case. They got to <laughs> trade Embiid. It gets to the point where they're like, we have to trade Embiid. Like Harden checks out. We, we don't have a team to build around Embiid. We've tried this. We just can't do it. We got to trade him, see what we can get. Obviously, you're going to get huge return. So I guess it's not the worst day, doomsday, but that's worst case. Because I'm not going to include any injuries in worst case or best case. I just I don't think that's like fair because obviously you could just do that for every team. Be like best player gets hurt, worst case, of course. But uh, got to trade Embiid. Best case scenario, uh, round two. Round two, they get to round two. They beat the Celtics once in the regular season. Like that might be that might be all Philly fans will have for. Maybe yeah. give you that one win of the regular season to hold over the Celtics fans. And then I'll say, you know what? They get to round two. Harden plays more than we expect him to for Philly this year. And Tyrese Maxey looks like a uh, let's say an All Star. Let's say Tyrese Maxey looks like an All Star. Scores maybe close to twenty five points, six assists, and he's shooting the ball really well from outside the arc. And uh, He's, he's one of those, you know, two-way guards. They play really good defense, play really good offense. I'll say that's best-case scenario. Yeah, so my thing, kind of kind of similar to Steve. A little different, though. Best-case scenario for the Sixers, 
is they don't have to play the Celtics in the playoffs. <laughs> and and that happening, they make it to Yeah, like I think Steve nailed it the second round. I think that's that's a fair expectation and also I think Philly fans would probably be excited about that and then shouldn't expect anything more um, than that with this squad. So I think that's what happens here with the Sixers. The best case scenario, make it to the second round. Um, you know, even having a playoff team that's competing, I think will be satisfactory for them, judging by the way things look right now. And then worst case, Harden flames out before the season even starts. Nick Nurse loses control of the locker room. And Bead ends up wanting out before Christmas. And they're just an absolute disaster fringe playing team. Um, I think that, you know, that's unlikely, but I think definitely in the cards, just with the, the personalities that are at bay here, the, you know, the pressure from player to organization and vice versa, just, you know, the years of build up with the process and be winning his MVP, giving his all to the city and not really getting much in return. And then, you know, Max is going to have his own personality and ego pretty soon, too, because he's right. going to realize how good he is. And if he starts getting treated the same way Embiid was, he's probably not going to be around all that long either. So, yeah, I mean, best case, like I said, second round, worst case is just a, a full on self implosion from from the 76ers and, and they missed the playoffs. Yeah, Couldn't, I agree completely. Hell yeah, we're moving on. Oh yeah, we're moving on to the New York Knicks here. This should be an interesting one. I, I'm. I think we might be all over the place here with the Knicks. Yeah, um, I I can start if you want. We got we got the Knicks that are pretty much what a, a, a copy and paste from the same team last year. Just one yeah. one year older. Not many uh, major changes, which is surprising coming from a team from New York City. But they're kind of running it back with the roster they had. 47 wins last year, over-unders at 45 and a half. I'm going to go slightly over here. I'm going to go slightly over. Listen, I don't think the Knicks are a championship team, but I also don't think the Knicks are a bad team. The Knicks are a fun team. Jalen Brunson was a darling. We, I, I'll put the hand up right now, and, and I'll say I whiffed on him going to New York. I thought it, the lights were going to be a little too bright, that Brunson wasn't going to be able to step up and be that guy. And honestly, if we're being honest, guys, I think Brunson was 1A, Randall was 1B last year. I think if, yeah. we, if we got to the point in the season where Brunson was their go-to guy, uh, same story with the Knicks, though, right? You have, you have these guys that are just super inconsistent, and you can't have a core with super inconsistency And in Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. I liked when they added Hart. I think that actually helped the team a lot. Emmanuel quickly, another guy who's fun, but super inconsistent. And you just look, you just look at this team, and it's just – there's really no huge changes – so last year, it's the same team. They lost my my darling Obi Toppin, which we'll, I'll talk mm. about later when we get to Obi Toppin's new team. But <laughs> o- overall, like I think it's a solid team. It's a fun regular season team. They're going to have some exciting games. Brunson's going to put up some big numbers. Randall's, of course, going to have his, his big games, his bad games. Same with R.J. Barrett. I'll take the over slightly, but I'm like if they, they hit the over, which is 45 and a half, I don't think they're getting over 50. I think we're I'm look, looking at the next right around the 44 to 48 range for wins. I'll yep. just over. 
Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I I have a similar feeling. I am going under on this team win total unless there's a trade. I do have that in our dock. I think this is a team definitely in this division that's the most likely to make a trade at some point next season and then, you know, probably in the Eastern Conference I probably have them, you know, top 3 or 4 for teams that are ready to make a move and just should. But yeah, I mean, they're kind of running back the same team as last year. I think Brunson will be great, you know, maybe even better, which is is crazy to think about. But I just the way things ended with the Knicks and, you know, the shit that Julius Randle got, which by the end, I don't think he he deserved all of that. I remember I remember we talked about it, but like the, the ripping down of the posters, the stomping. Yeah, like, yeah he was bad. Um I don't know if he was that bad and you know what 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 got ruined there between city and player who knows I mean Julius Randle's a guy who at one point the Knicks were putting up on a pedestal and crowning yeah. this guy as their king and then you know things change fast last year everyone in New York hates Randle so there's that weird chemistry between city and player there that I don't know if that can be mended or how Randall feels about it, if he even wants to be there. And you mentioned, Steve, like, Randall thought he was the guy. Brunson came in and quickly told everyone yeah. that Randall was not the guy. It's Brunson's team. Um, and then I'm just I'm just not a believer in, you know, this team's identity. Like, Coach Tibbs, the, the, the guy's – there's been several people on this roster who have come out publicly and basically bashed his coaching style and said that they don't like playing for him. Um, Obi Toppin, I believe that's the reason he left. I don't think he got along with Coach Tibbs. Um, there's some turmoil there. Evan Fournier's come out a bunch who I think at this point he's probably irrelevant to this roster, but you know he's been vocal about it. And then... Did they make enough moves in the offseason to get them over that hump? I don't really think so. I think, you know, they're solid. They did enough to be the Knicks again for next year, but I, I, I have to go under here. I, I think a trade's possibly coming for them, so maybe depending on the return they could get over, but Barrett didn't make the jump we thought. Randall was a disaster in the playoffs. Um and towards the end of the season, and I, I just don't know about the Knicks. Big question mark for me. Yeah, believing in the Knicks is not a fun thing to do. Let's, oh, let's, no. just, uh, very let's just start with that. But that's such a low total, like 44 and a half, and like we talked about, if or 45 and a half, and if the Sixers are, a bad, are so bad and they're in turmoil, I feel like the team to make up the ground is, is the Knicks. And I just, it's like the rest of the teams around them too. Who are we talking about? I mean, I guess we're talking Orlando is going to be better. Like with that, like from like the five, not the, even not the five Atlanta. to six range. Atlanta. I, I worry about that. I worry about Atlanta. That's for sure. I feel like they're just in a good spot where the top of this East, they can be, they can rack up wins against like some of these really bad teams because yeah. they go because of Tibbs. I agree with you on Tibbs, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I think he's it's never going to work in the playoffs, but they're going to be a regular season grind team. I still think Barrett has a level, unless he just can't do it with Tibbs. Maybe the, maybe he's just not a match. This is really 
really just people who need Jalen Brunson more than any anything else. And that was with what you said at the beginning. I completely underestimated how good that guy would be, yeah. and now I will never do that. And I feel like he could will them to 46 wins, and I feel like if there's a slip-up from one of the top teams, whether it's the Cavs, whether the Heat, you know, whatever happens with them, you know, Bucks, Celtics, if one of these teams slips up, the Knicks are the team, I feel like, that are going to be there ready to win 50 games, and all of a sudden, I just wouldn't be shocked to see them as, like, the two or three seed in the East, but then they still are underdogs when they're in their, you know, second round series or whatever like that. That's, that's kind of, I'm just, it's, it's a, it's definitely a gamble, but I'm betting on their best case scenario compared to the rest of the East teams in their range, I guess. You think they're a much better regular season team than a playoff team, essentially. Oh, yes, yeah. certainly. But yeah. they also smacked my team in the playoffs last year, so I don't know they why did. I'm saying that. <laughs> they, they did. So. Jay Cousin forgot. <laughs> no, no, I'll never forget. You know, that was the most, yeah, I don't need to relive that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the most surprising series. That's why I'm probably high on this team. I'm probably, like, yeah, because that's the last thing you remember about <laughs> the, the Knicks, right? Yeah, yeah. I know what they're thinking of. Yes, and I still believe, I still I'm still on R.J. Barrett Island. I have a lot of R.J. Barrett stock. That ain't going away. He's only 23. He's still 23 years old, and he's shown shown flashes. Like, we've seen it before. He's just so inconsistent. And if they do give Randall a lesser role this year, if they finally say, Randall, you're the third guy, maybe – and no Toppin. I'm not – they didn't play Toppin a lot too, but maybe this is just like finally the year. It's just going to be Barrett and Brunson, and we see what happens. And Yeah. I don't know. I'm willing to take a take a gamble on those two compared to the only team I'm really thinking about. Indiana, obviously, you we're gonna oh, be big Indiana fans. Oh, wait till we we'll get see to how the high central. we we see how good wait, we feel about that. Wait but. till we get to the central. I feel like Indiana could be the other team here, but I'll stick with Brunson because he's shown, especially even in the summer, has shown me nothing to think that he's gonna be worse off going into this year. So we are we all in agreement? Team MVP Jalen Brunson is that who we expect right. to be? Yes. Yeah, yeah and Randall traded. Yeah, yeah. Randall or Barrett for me. I think yeah, I was I, gonna I go Barrett over Randall. Randall. I well, was Barrett, if it's an MB trade, it's gotta be Barrett. So yeah, right. Yeah, Barrett. That's, I think Barrett would be the the piece they would need to give to get the best return. I think if you're you're trying to exactly. get a, a superstar, everyone's asking yeah. for Barrett before Randall. So that's why I would go Barrett over Randall most likely to trade. Yeah, I think the the Randall trade happens if the team's hand is forced and they feel like they need to make a move. The Barrett trade happens if people are calling and they they're trying to make a splash midseason. Correct. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, ne- neither would really surprise me. I think just the way the season ended, Randall would make a little more sense. Um, but if they are, you know, star chasing. Or trying to find that next big guy to bring to New York. I think I think the the package would probably be Barrett. Great. All right. All right. Um, due to the scenarios here. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, uh, you start, Steve. What's your worst right. and best? So I'll start with I'll start best case. I think best case the next trade for a super superstar. I said this last year. I still kind of believe it. We'll see. I think Zion to the next is something that could actually happen. Mm. I really do think that could be something in the cards. We talked about and beat a little bit. I'm talking about a star on that type of level where they're gonna bring in a guy like that. And it's going to actually help the Knicks. I don't think they're a championship team, even if they get a guy like that, depending on the package they give up. I don't think they're a championship team. 
But you know what? Maybe with their style, maybe with the way they play defense in the playoffs, we could see this team get to the conference finals. I'll give them conference finals as a ceiling, and I'll, the reason I'll say conference finals is maybe a huge trade. And best case scenario is, is you you can get Randall on the other side of that deal and not R.J. Barrett, and R.J. Barrett takes the leap that we've been saying he should be able to take for two, three years now. I think that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is they just can't get a deal done for Randall or Barrett. They just can't find someone who's willing to take on either player, and they're just kind of stuck in neutral where it's a Knicks team that might be, like I said, middle-of-the-road regular season team, not going to do anything in the playoffs. Worst case scenario, maybe Brunson takes a little bit step back, looks more like he did in Dallas when he was coming off the bench behind Luca, the number two, as a as you know, as compared to being the guy in New York. Because we could see that. Guys go from year one to year two like that. We've seen it many times with where players just go up and down year to year. So that would probably be worst case scenario. This is a team that maybe misses the playoffs. 35-40 wins, can't find a deal done. They're just kind of stuck in neutral, and they're kind of stuck with what they got. So I don't think it's going to be a disaster, worst-case scenario for the Knicks, but it's going to be one of those where you don't want to be, right? You either want to be really bad or you want to have a chance to win a championship. And I think worst-case scenario is you have a team in the biggest market in the world that's just like, meh. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, Knicks for me. I think best case scenario, second round of the playoffs. Um, quickly takes another big step for this team. Barrett maybe steps up a little more, but is kind of on par to what he's been. Randall, they're able to, you know, either trade him and get a good return or he starts playing like Julius Randall again. And then I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think there's still room for Brunson to improve. Um, so, it, you know, if there's no trade, I think the highest ceiling, unfortunately for them, probably is the second round. I just think the East is the, the top of the East is really, really good. I don't see them getting to a conference finals unless they make some crazy trade. Um, like, you know, and Giannis ends up in New York or something halfway through the season. Obviously, no one sees that happening. And then, worst case, things get worse. Between players and Tibbs, Randall flames out again and requests a trade midseason. Steve, you kind of mentioned it. They're not able to find a trade partner, and this team misses the playoffs, and Brunson starts to get unhappy, and yeah, it's just a, a huge shitstorm in New York, which is possible, but I think that's worst case, is, the, is this squad personnel issues and then ultimately miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, worst case, Randall trade, Barrett. You were just like, damn, this dude is just Andrew Wiggins 2.0. He's, he's he's reached his ceiling. You know, he's pretty good, inconsistent. I don't know what's good with these Canadians, though. We got thank God for SGA. Thank God for Jamal Murray. That's what Canada's right. about. Who knows? But, I mean, Canada side, SGA looked fucking incredible. I, I did see today with against Luca, and that shit was or yesterday, whatever. That shit was crazy. But anyways, worst case scenario, that's what happens. Brunson, small guards, starts to slip. Randall, gone. The, Tibbs, fired. This could go bad. I mean, this very well could go bad. Best case scenario, it's Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, 
Eastern Conference Finals, Ooh. Game Six in the Garden. They're down three two, and that's where they're at. And we'll see what happens in the in the Madison Square Garden, not the Boston Garden. I realize I have to specific <laughs> in at home game six back against the wall. And that's where you had two games to make the finals. I think that's their absolute best case scenario, but that also involves a Joel Embiid trade. And that's also really the best case scenario. Cause if they trade for Embiid, that's not really a trade for this year as much as it is for next year when they can build in the off season and see what team mm-hmm. they can put around him. But that's their biggest thing. If they could get Embiid out of Philly, and I think it's very, I think it's 50 50, maybe even that if there, if it was, if he did request a trade, that it would be the Knicks in the field. Seems like it's sizing up that way. That's their best case scenario. Joel Embiid, okay. the Nick. Love it. Yeah, Knicks fans, Knicks fans are listening to that and just crossing their fingers listening to <laughs> Happy Hour Hoops Facts. right now. <laughs> They're like, please. Um, right, we got guys two ready for Nets? Here. Yeah, let's do the Nets. Nets Raptors. Nets have, which I tend to think is a disrespectful over-under for this squad. The over-under for win total is 37 and a half for the Brooklyn Nets. And if you put that in front of me right now with some cash to bet, I would I would take the over. Because, well, for a few different reasons. I think Mikael Bridges is our guy. I think if if we had to make a Mount Rushmore of players not on our actual teams who are beloved by the Happy Hour Hoops guys, it is Mikael Bridges is one of those guys. He's on that Mount Rushmore. I I also love me some Cam Johnson, too. Yes. He was another one that surprised me. Had the jump he made from going from Phoenix mm-hmm. to Brooklyn. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it's just – it's almost as if everyone was so just ready to give up on this team because they were like, oh, look how, look how average the Brooklyn Nets are. Look at this return that they got back for Kyrie. Yeah, it was – you know, sure, they got bridges, but, you know, what else do they have? They have Bridges, they have Cam Johnson, they have shooting up and down this roster, which was a big point that I tried to emphasize last year when they were going into the playoffs. I'm like, let's not count this team out against Philly, which obviously, you know, they couldn't stack up against them, but they made some changes this offseason. They have Bridges, who I believe is going to take another massive step. He's going to, you know, have a full offseason to game plan and be able to practice with this team. He's having a massive summer for Team USA. I think he's really going to take a step and they're going to hand him the keys. And, you know, there's there's bigs like Claxton that I like on this squad. I think everyone everyone has a weird vision for the, for the Nets. And I think rightfully so, just because of how everything flamed out with the, you know, the different big threes that they had the last two years. Harden came in and out, Durant, Kyrie, and it was just like, oh my God, how, you know, how is this team even still put together right now? But I think from getting out of all of that, they, they're, they're in pretty good shape and their roster looks pretty damn good for all those things that have happened over the last couple of years. I, I like the over here. Yeah. I, I might be a, a mini Brooklyn Nets fan, low key. 
I'm, I'm with you on the over for kind of all the reasons you named, Dunny. Um, Mikael Bridges, obviously, we loved him in Phoenix. I said he was the best, you know, role player in basketball. And then he goes to a team to be the guy, and he became the guy in the second half. And this is a guy I can see who's not only could be an all-star this coming season, all-NBA. I could see him on one of the all-NBA yeah. teams, the way Mikael Bridges played, because he has that elite defense on top of now showing that he can ball out offensively, a great shooter, efficient player. And he was doing a little bit of playmaking in Brooklyn, too, when he got there. So I really like the over here. I think you kind of laid it out. This is a lot of names where, you know, maybe not household names right now, but you look up and down this roster, you're like, these guys, these guys can play. These guys can play. I hope Cam Thomas is just working on defense all offseason because that was the only thing holding him back from being a regular guy who could mm -hmm. score 20 any night. He was just a liability on defense. So if he's working on that, Cam Johnson, like you said, took an enormous leap from Phoenix to Brooklyn. Dorian Finney-Smith has been a solid defender who can take knockdown shots for you. You have Dinwiddie. And then Nick Claxton, who's 24 years old, who probably has potential to be one of the best defensive bigs in all of basketball. So you look at this team, I think it's a good team, and I think it's a team that's improving. And that's the big thing here why I'm taking the over. This is a team now that after just maybe what, like 30 games of playing together at the end of last year, they're finally going to have a whole offseason together. They didn't really change too much of the core, maybe a couple new faces in there, but this is a team that's going to play together, get better as the season goes on. And they're all guys that are kind of not, haven't reached their prime yet. These are, these are still guys that have room to grow, have room to improve. And I like teams like that, where you have that team chemistry, you have that core, and you kind of learn and grow together. And I think Brooklyn Nets are in a great spot where this is a team you can just kind of work with with that. Do they have a super, super, superstar? No. We'll see what Bridges turns into. I think he can be considered a superstar by the end of the year, and I would not bat an eyelash at that. But I think this is a team that, on top of just Bridges, has a lot of good players that can kind of work together, gel together. And I, I think this potentially second-best team in the Atlantic. I don't think that's crazy. I really don't think that – I don't think that's as crazy of a take as it sounds. Maybe the win totals right now, of course, make it seem wild because, you know, they're, what, seven behind or eight behind the Knicks, 12 under Philly. I would not be surprised if the Brooklyn Nets finished second in the Atlantic this year. No, I wouldn't. Why, are they, why are they 37 and a half? What makes them they think they're like – They don't, they don't like have they, the big names. They can't get 40 wins in the East? I, I, I know, say. but like – it's crazy to me. So I'm with you. I think they're closer. Like it, they could be a 45 win team Absolutely. pretty easily, I think. Yeah. The East, the, this low end of the East is like, it's not going to be, it's going to be competitive, but it's not great. It's a lot of young teams. Like, and this is not a, this is a team like Bridges is going to be the best player out of the, if you, you're considering the Knicks, you want to keep them above or you can lump them in too. I mean, it's like Bridges or Halliburton or Trey Young is really who we're talking about. And a lot of us are going to pick Bridges in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It feels like he has another level to go, too. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you guys there. So, the, we're, he's the MVP, obviously. Well, that made, yeah, I was going to say that makes MVP yeah. easy for this. Most team. likely I mean, to be traded is pretty obvious, too. Come on. That's yeah, it's bad. Like, yeah, guy, it's ben these, come on. Do we do we see a scenario where Ben Simmons checks into this team where he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna play like maybe stretch big defense in like, the best case scenario? 
Yeah, like, do we do? I'm, I'm not. Yeah, obviously, best case dream scenario, whatever. But do we see a scenario like percent chance where Ben Simmons actually plays basketball and good basketball for this team? For Brooklyn, for Brooklyn, twenty eight percent. That's higher than I thought you would say. Honestly, <laughs> I, uh, it's honestly higher than I thought you would say because I my good basketball it would be to, lower, but, but my, basketball like he's on the court playing twenty eight. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not hurting you. He's out there, and it's, obviously he's not playing to the level he played early in his career, but he's also not playing where it's like Ben Simmons is hurting our team. I, Mike Toon has changed a little bit where I'm like, he might actually just kind of be an all right guy for them yeah. if, he, if he buys yeah. it. I'm starting to think he plays. Um, I am too. <laughs> I am too. I'm not one of the suckers who got sold on the Ben Simmons videos hitting threes. No. But I did see a video of him, and someone was just so honestly asking him, like, where he's at for going into the season. And he wholeheartedly just basically said, like, I'm just trying to play basketball this year without any pain in my body. And for the first time in a long time, I, like, felt kind of bad for Simmons and almost, like, believed him in a way, like – Oh, yeah, at this point, he probably knows he's not going to be the star of a team, let alone the Brooklyn Nets, because now they have Mikael Bridges. Um, at this point, he's 27 years old, which is crazy that Ben's already 27 years old. We're not like waiting for the superstar emergence anymore. We're waiting for him to be serviceable. And I think if he can get that into his head, I think, and you know, he can get on the court and the back isn't an issue or whatever else is bothering him isn't an issue, I think he could actually – you know, give this team some purpose this year. But, you know, and it, it is still that big what if. I'm not going to be crazy and say that, you know, he's definitely going to be there the right. first game or whatever. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and to your point, Donnie, I think it's a lot easier to try to just get back to playing basketball when you don't have that much pressure on you and you're playing with right. guys like Bridges, Johnson, Dinwiddie, rather than all the pressure because you're supposed to be this big three with Kyrie and KD. I think it's mm-hmm. night and day difference for mentally the pressure on Ben Simmons if he does want to just be like, I want to play basketball for this team. That's why I kind of changed up a little bit where I'm like, if he's still here, if he's saying that he just wants to play – this is kind of the perfect spot for a no pressure. All right, go out there and just see what you can do type of deal. Yeah. Especially especially when that win total is as low as it is, you know, no yeah. pressure, man. People people exactly. don't even think you guys are going to get 40 wins. Exactly. That's crazy, man. We doing worst best case for the for the Brooklyn sure. Nets here? Sure. Send All it. Right. Um, Start it, Donnie. Yeah, I'll start us off here. Uh, I think worst case, I really, you know, and this just shows how high I am on the Brooklyn Nets. I think worst case is they're a playing team. I, unless they like do some sort of blow up scenario here where I can't see them doing or there's catastrophic injuries, I don't think they could be past the 10 seed. Like, I think. Worst case, they're playing and they're competing there. Um, yeah, I just—it's as simple as that. I just believe in this group. I believe in what what they started to build last year. Steve, you said it at the top when we first started talking about them. Like they just have a solid group of guys, and then 
even their question marks on their team. Like they brought in Lonnie Walker, they brought in yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. Still young guys who have a lot left to prove and haven't really been given all that much opportunity in other teams. You know, we mentioned Ben Simmons. I think Cam Thomas is another guy that they're, you know, willing to put the ball in his hands and kind of let him cook. We saw as soon as Kyrie started sitting last year, Cam Thomas had a couple 40-point games. And three straight. No one even – yeah. Three straight 40-point games. I'm sorry. Like, no, not everybody can 21 do 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, point guard of the future for the Nets? Maybe. So, I I don't know. I, I have this weird, weird feeling about the Nets where that – I think that's the basement for the Nets this year, which is crazy, but I, I don't see them going past the playing team. Best case, see, this is where I don't have, you know, a crazy floor for them, but I also don't have a crazy high ceiling. I think best case is they're probably a, a five, six seed, which I, I believe that's around where they finished last year um, for the playoffs. But I see them five, six seed. You know, they maybe get to the second round, which I'd be surprised by. Probably a first-round exit, but a fun playoff team, at least for Nets fans. Bridges takes a massive step. I think you, one of you guys said it, but he's in the conversation for All-NBA. Um, and, and like I mentioned, you know, a guy like Cam Thomas steps up, and they, they have their point guard now. Ben Simmons is actually serviceable, and he's in the starting lineup, and he's this point forward who who is making plays defensively and offensively. And the Brooklyn Nets are just fun, and they can get past this superstar era where they don't have to worry about Kyrie, KD, Harden anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of very similar to you. I think worst case is that I think they worst case would still be missed playoffs for me. And the and the reason I think why I would say that is maybe Bridges. Now, I'm, not, I'm never going to hate on Bridges because I think he is a guy, but maybe Bridges doesn't become that superstar that he kind of showed flashes of at the end of last year. And, you know, their role players just kind of continue to be role players. No one really improves, right? Cam Thomas still struggles with his defense. Maybe Cam Johnson kind of looks more like he did in Phoenix than he did in Brooklyn. Dinwiddie, inconsistent, stuff like that. Um, Nick Claxton kind of very limited offensively. No one really improves in the spots where we think they'll improve. I think that's worst case. And then this team kind of misses the playoffs. They're a lottery team, but you know, they're not bad enough where they get a top, top pick best case scenario. I think this team could probably make the semifinals of the East Eastern Eastern conference playoffs. I do. I mean, and maybe if they catch the right matchup, maybe, but you know, we talk about it like right now we are coming, I guess, out of the big three era. We've been in the superstar big three era for a while. Now it's more superstar than big three. And the Nets are kind of uh, they're kind of different than that. They're, they're, they're kind of the odd man out where the way they built their team is, is, is a little bit different. And maybe they make it work. And this is the second best team, like I said, in the Atlantic. Mikael Bridges is all NBA, all world type player. And the uh, Brooklyn Nets maybe flirt with 50 wins in the regular season and get to the semifinals and give a good fight to some of those teams in the East that have that juggernaut superstar on them. So that's kind of where I see the Nets. And I'll be honest with you guys, like if I had to pick worst case or best case, I lean more best case than I do worst case for this team. I'm very high on the Brooklyn Nets this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you both. I lean both higher to the best, more to the best case scenarios i'll start with the best case scenario i think bridges is going to be better than last year like cam johnson 
I like some of their role pieces, and I think this is a team that should either make the playoffs or they're going to be safely in the play-in the whole season and have a chance to make the playoffs right away. I think worst-case scenario, they're still a play-in team, but they're battling and everything you said. Like, the guy, people just don't step up. Bridges, maybe he just battles being a number one guy, getting a lot more attention during the season, things like that of that nature. Maybe they just don't shoot as well as we think. And that, and I feel like this team needs to be a good shooting team, especially outside shooting yeah. team to be successful. Um, and that's really where the worst case scenario would come in. But I still feel like they'll be battling. They're not going to be the one of the worst teams in the East. So I still feel like they'll be battling for the 10 spot regardless of the worst case scenario would still be hanging around there the whole season. We got one left. Save the best for last, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. That that international team, the the world champions, is the world champions. Yeah, (laughs) Toronto (laughs) allows us to say that. Toronto Raptors, very very similar win total to the Brooklyn Nets here, thirty six and a half. I have the under. I'm gonna spoil things. We all have the under here. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because if you told me going into last year that the Brooklyn Nets had the roster they have now and the Toronto Raptors have the roster they have now, and you asked me this question, I would say that the Toronto Raptors would be smashing the over and the Brooklyn Nets would be way under. Um obviously the world doesn't work like that. I just as much as I'm in on the Brooklyn Nets and what they're building and those players, there's still quite a few guys I love on the Raptors. I just am not sure come the trade deadline where you're going to see many of them, if any of them, on this team. They lost their head coach. Things seemed to be bad last year. They lost Van Vliet. I don't really have much else to say about that. I just I don't I do not like the vibes of the Toronto Raptors whatsoever. Scotty Barnes is my guy. I'm going to be a Scotty Barnes believer until he's out of the league. But it it, it just looks gross right now, and I think for sure there's a one big trade or multiple big trades happening with this group. Yeah, that's that's why I have the under. Um, I look at this team and I think, what have we been saying about the Raptors for so long is that, yeah, this team's good, but they're never going to get over the hump. They're never going to win. And now you lose a guy like Van Vliet. Schroeder is in there, which obviously we'd rather have Van Vliet than Schroeder. You, you still have Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and it's just the team. I look like that it's never going to get over the hump with this team. So what do you have to do? You sometimes have to make that hard decision, and you got to trade away assets. And they have two assets, OG Anobi and Pascal Siakam, that – Pretty much every team in the NBA would probably want one of those guys on their team. No one's gonna, no one's gonna turn down either of those guys. So I, I think that uh, they have a couple assets that they can trade. And when you do that, you wanna, you wanna go to the full rebuild phase. You wanna, you know, not necessarily be bad, but you don't want to win a lot of games. You want to see what you can get. So maybe you can get some draft picks. Maybe you can get some assets. Maybe you can get some young players to help build around Scotty Barnes. Cause I think that's at the end of the day, what the Toronto Raptors goal is going to be. Um, so I'm going under 36 and a half. I, I just, I don't see a full season of the Raptors just doing it again to just be below average. 
Why? 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 You're just wasting these players' years at this point. See what you can get. You'll still get good packages for both Siakam and both Anobi. Do that. So if that's the case, and I think they are going to do that and going to trade those guys, then that then they're going to be go under thirty six and a half. It doesn't matter who they get back. That they're not going to be to the level of Siakam and Anobi. So I have them under, and also too, Dunny, you touched on it. When you lose a head coach. It's a little different sometimes right off the bat, and especially when you lose a head coach or you have a new head coach when you have a team that has fallen short and also it's a team where, all oh, these guys are probably not going to be here long term. You're going to want to switch things up, and when you switch things up, you usually don't win right away. So I'll take the under. Yeah, this is – you guys made a lot of great points and a lot of stuff I was going to touch on. If they're going to blow it up, there's no reason you should try to take it over. And they're, again, on that meter – Way more likely to blow it up than to be a playoff team. Yes. So just don't over, exactly. don't overthink it. Like just this is this is a team that's going to be just. I just think they're going to be pretty brutal, especially if they trade Siakam. Like that they're going to. What do they have going for them? Especially compared to like when you look at like the upside of the bad teams in the East. I'd rather have a lot of the rosters at this point too. Um, they've tried to hold on for a long time. But yeah, I'm going hard under here. Somebody's got to be hard under, and the Raptors are definitely the most likely candidate. I will say, though, and if we want to just use this as uh, the start of my best and worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. if they somehow get a og deal done before the season starts and then you know trade siakam at the deadline or something and they they're i mean because you, you would you would think for both those guys they get a pretty sizable return um depending on what teams they're dealing with i mean they have a core of scotty barnes and you know whoever else is, is left over in the trades and then they're able to bring in a few stars by the deadline which I don't, you know, it's it's tough to trade for two stars. But, I mean, it, even if they do something lateral to what Brooklyn did, and it's a, a guy like Mikel Bridges who's still on the rise, but star is in his future, and then some other really good defenders and role players. If they're able to pull something off like that before the deadline, I think that's probably their best-case scenario, and maybe they get back into the playoff conversation. Um, Worst-case scenario – I think this under smashes and they're just they're way under 37 wins and just not even a playoff team, not a play in team. New head coach is not, you know, a disaster because he's not really left with a, a whole lot, but it just it doesn't work. And they wait too long to trade their guys. And, and it's just it's over before it begins. Yeah, I mean. I don't really want to mimic you, but that's kind of exactly what I have for best case, worst case. It, it, it's just one of those things where I, I don't see too much hope for this team, and I'm, I'm convinced that this is a team where their best case might be a full rebuild. The worst case. Right? Best, that's, the best, that's the point. The best case right? is the worst case. They exactly. Get it out of with, here. A, with the best case is like floor. rip the Band-Aid off, <laughs> get these guys out of there, and get a top pick to build around Scotty Barnes because everyone on this roster at this point is expendable besides Scotty Barnes. And the only reason – obviously, I love Siakam. You guys know how much I love Siakam. But it's like that you're going to get a lot for him. What, is, what, is, what good is he doing just sitting here? 
trade them all. I think their worst case is their best case. You're right, Mike. I mean, it's obvious, right? It's like, it's like your worst case is your best case. You want to be bad. You want to have a top pick. So just rip the Band-Aid off and trade these guys because I t I'm telling you right now, everyone in the league right now, all other 29 other teams would want to have OG Anobi on their team, would want to have Pascal yep. Siakam on their team. Right price, obviously. But regardless, these are two guys that everybody would want. Just do Everybody, it. Yep. You're not you're not winning anything with this squad, so that's kind of how I see it. Mm -hmm. All right, I can't I can't say anything more than that. They got to blow it up. Best case is the worst case. Send it. Stealing stealing the, the floor, floor for Toronto. Yep. <laughs> what a way to end that. It. Yeah, that was that was our Atlantic Division preview. For those who were listening from the beginning, you probably thought we would never stop talking about the Celtics. Or I wouldn't stop talking about Celtics, but we made it. We I think our longest, teams. I think our longest segment was actually the Sixers. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and stomach. <laughs> and you know, I have to go back because I've missed it a little bit going through. But I'm pretty. It's either the Sixers, it's not the, it's either the Sixers or the Knicks, but I think it's the Sixers. So yeah. So obviously, last year our running bit was how much we talked about the Nets and Ben Simmons and you know everything that that team entailed. I have a, an early dark horse this is going to be the 76ers is that team that we are talking about nonstop, whether we want to or not, uh, throughout this season. And I think it's already happened because yeah. the, the last three shows we've done to end the a lot summer, a lot of heavy heart and stuff. If the Embiid trade rumors pick up, you know, that's going to be what we're talking about. And then today we just we couldn't help ourselves but to talk about this team. So uh, get get ready for that, Happy Hour Hoops fans. Anything else? Anything else on this division, boys? Before we wrap it up, Broken Nets are finishing second. That's all I gotta say. I I love that prediction. I can't get there. I'm sorry. The Knicks. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm. But I did sell myself on my Knicks Celtics conference finals. I think this the world oh, needs that. Fuck yeah. Knicks little, Celtics little and Lakers Nuggets. Rematch. That's what we need. Oh, and that's not my prediction. My prediction is oh, not okay. the Celtics. That is what there. we need, though. Celtics will be there. I love that. All right. All right. You guys heard it. Celtics winning the division. Raptors probably coming in dead last and blowing it up. For Steve, Jake, and myself, follow Trainwreck Sports on all socials. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops. One on all socials, and we have more division previews coming up right up until the season. Later, guys. <laughs>